Everyone is talking about NFTs these days, but what are they? Why is everyone so excited about them, and why should you care? Welcome to NFT FOMO, a safe space to ask anything and everything about this new world. There are no dumb questions on this show, so get ready to sit back, learn, and engage. Happy Friday, everyone. It's so good to be here with you all as we voyage into the land of learning about NFTs. And this show wouldn't be possible without the ultimate onboarding queen, my incredible co-host, Nicole Benham. What's going on, Nicole? What's going What's going on, Carl? Um, I mean, I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite shows to do with you, so I'm grateful to be here. Uh, also, I do notice I'm, I'm one of the only people without a PFP. I just wanted to clear up really quickly that I, I love going into other Twitter spaces and uh, and then slowly talking about NFTs and, and onboarding people, which uh, it's, it's hard to do in other spaces when it's not crypto native, NFT native people. So uh, I love that about I- you. I feel I feel like that's one thing that drew me to you immediately is because I felt that uh, like you'll talk to anyone about the space and try to get uh, just kind of because the blockchain connects to so many different aspects of the world and you always are listening to people and you're really good at like this web three and blockchain and nfts and all this can play into uh, what a lot of different people do so I think that's amazing and I uh, I, I always love when I, I know for a while you were half an NFT and half a real person. I thought that was awesome, too. Thanks, Carl. Yes, that was in the beginning. I love that you remember that. Yeah, I think it was the NFT Guild. It was the NFT Guild. Hell yeah. And we love the NFT Guild. So, um, yeah, I think I always thought that picture was cool because you uh, you were one of the first people that I saw, like, half their profile was their the real picture and half was their NFT. I've seen other people do that now in the space too, but I think that's a cool way to, uh, especially if you're docs, to show both elements of yourself. A thousand percent. And and I've, I've been doxxed from day one. You are definitely doxxed. Everyone knows who you are, Nicole. You do not hide at all, and you shouldn't. No one should hide in this space. We're all here to grow and build together, Um, and I'm so excited. We have a lot of friends up here um, that are going to continue to help pitch in and share a little of their knowledge today, but I'm going to go over, if this is your first time, welcome. This is a weekly Friday show that we air catered specifically to helping answer newcomer questions to the crypto and NFT space. We hope that we can share lessons and mistakes that we've made through our journey to hopefully make your onboarding experience a little easier. This space can be so intimidating, and we're excited to do everything we can to help onboard the next wave on their journey to finding the starting line to the metaverse. Last time on the show, we chatted about the hurdles and barriers that we must overcome in Web3 to empower and reward everyone equally in the space, whether it be devs or artists or community builders or even the community itself. Today, we're going to take a step back and look at why Web3 and blockchain is here and the importance of it given the recent events unfolding in Ukraine. As much as we love degening and diving down deep rabbit holes, it's also imperative that we never forget our roots of being human and evolving into a better species. Many of us are only one generation removed from mass genocides, extreme social inequality, and gatekeeping to systems of equal access for wealth and representation. We talk about gatekeeping a lot in this space, 
uh, and how it how we're protected uh, against gatekeeping with the blockchain. But in a moment where humanity is being tested, we realize the importance of borderless ecosystems that are being created by Web3. Many Ukrainians as well as Russians that don't agree with war have lost financial access in recent days. And the importance of decentralized peer-to-peer ecosystems and the borderless nature of the blockchain cannot be ignored. And what is why Satoshi Nakamoto saw a need for Bitcoin over a decade ago during an extreme financial crisis globally. So no one should control your assets, because if they do, they subsequently control you. Nicole, I wanted to start with you just to get your thoughts on the events unfolding, and then we can discuss the importance that blockchain plays to achieving a better world where greed and power lose control over the human spirit. Wow, well said. So what am I commenting on exactly? If you want to just chat about your thoughts of this week, um, I mean, the world is a different place today than it was even a week ago when we did this show. I think um, shedding light on on that fact just in general, and then maybe we, then we can turn from there uh, after you, you talk a little bit about your thoughts on what's played out, and we, then we can go to the panel too and talk about the importance of uh, blockchain, what's been happening there, and how it, how it directly correlates to the innovation of peer-to-peer networks um okay well let me start with what's happening in the world uh i think it's power i think it's you know it's corruption i think it's you know i'm not like a, a foreign policy expert here but i think lack of communication and and it's I honestly, Carl, it's just so devastating that there are no words and the fact that we as people don't really have much power bothers me. I mean, we, we can raise money, which, you know, uh, we'll figure out a way to do that. I know Andrew Wang and, and a bunch of his friends got together and now they're raising, um, raising money in another Twitter space, which, you know, we're doing, we're all doing everything we can, but it just makes me wonder, like, what led to this point? Uh, what what steps weren't taken that that got us here? So again, I'm not an expert. I never pretend to be, but I think I think it's important that we sort of look back and figure out what got us here in the first place. And I don't know. I guess take a look at history. But again, it's devastating. I'm sure you've seen those videos of like the father that's that's hugging his young daughter and and like separating from her it's just all of it all of it is crazy all of it is is devastating it is yeah it's um it 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 does it's made me like dive deep i've never i've never been a history person it's funny because as kids we're taught history in school and uh, you like don't really give a shit. Maybe some of you do. I definitely didn't. I didn't really care um, because I didn't like as a child. I didn't see any r- relevance of it to my life. <laughs> uh, and but now I. I mean now w- whenever something like this happens, or as you get older and wiser, you become more curious about uh, just yourself. Uh, how we're how we're all here together. Um, and especially in times like this, how do you, like Nicole, you were saying, like, how do we even get to this point? 
And um, I think the first thing about whenever I look at history is just to see how we are not far removed from just really terrible times. I mean, just in the 1900s, um, World War One and World War Two played out. And it's just, um, I think that's the first thing that I think about is like, you know, our parents, 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 uh, which isn't that far disconnected from us, um, lived through some really crazy times. Uh, and to think of where we're at today uh, is, is crazy in a lot of ways um, that have been created, that we can understand the world in a way that no, no one else could have, because even maybe our grandparents had to learn based on what they were taught. Uh, and that always could be, um, you know, what you were taught in school in a lot of ways could be uh, manipulated or, you know, the, the information that you learned could obviously uh, have uh, a curriculum that is based off of your, the sovereign country that's you, that you live in. Um, and so, all of our histories are so different because of where we live. Uh, and so, then there's that question to me that comes to my mind of like, just in recent times now, especially, we can sit in a room with people all over the country and learn from each other. Uh, and I think that's why I really wanted to do this show today, Nicole, is because you're such a curious person. I, I love talking and learning from people. And I think the biggest thing to realize is that we have to come together as a human species and realize the common values that we all hold. Um, and I think you're starting to see that play out. And, and with the spread of information, it becomes harder to control populations um, in sovereign countries and, and feed them what you want them to, to think, um, because there's, it's much easier to learn about what's going on in other parts of the world. Um, and so I guess maybe we can start there. Uh, Ron, I see that you, you're reacting to that. So maybe you could jump in and give your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, um, Nicole, as well for you. And the, just the, the human aspect of all of this is just so devastating. But the question really is, like, how did we get here? And and what's happening as a result of it? And Carl, what you brought up about the access to information, this is something that I have just harped on and harped on, is the ability for us to access that information is is all free and clear until you know you you start talking about controlling the internet and the power and those types of things and which is what those attacks are doing over there and, and they're taking out infrastructure and that's that's something near and dear to my heart because my day-to-day -day is looking after the infrastructure of the united states and, and our electrical grid and being a part of that system so just seeing how the attacks are going underway um and getting that information really changes the narrative as as you were talking about if it's being controlled by um by the uh, putin and, and that side of things is like it's just a small conflict but whenever you really look at it from a macro standpoint and you see what's going on uh, it, it's a very serious situation over there and it's very widespread um and in such a small area too that they use local airports to even get their military aid in and out and those are being attacked so everything around them has to has to act together and if there's no access to funds then 
like how do we how do we transact? It's a, a spin and a handshake at one point, but I think the focus today, uh, if we're going to make it sort of about us, if we could, having access to carry out those transactions, I still have questions as to, you know, then what? Um, so those are some of the things that have been going through my head, but um, I just I can't get over all the images. I can't get over how just how anybody could think that their their situation the yield on that should be somebody else's life like that that part to me i just i will never understand so i'll I'll leave it from there yeah and i think uh one thing i think a lot about is is we obviously it's um there's memes about you know um beauty contest answers being about world peace but in reality like that is the ultimate goal is that we're able to create a world where we all can live together in harmony and in um as, as equals and i think um we've never been closer uh, to that um, than we are today when it comes to when it comes to this like ease of being able to learn about other people other cultures but then also now with the blockchain and having peer-to-peer uh, networks that we can kind of write uh, our own history from here um, but you're seeing that that also with freedom become there there comes a lot of conflict and I also have worries about not just uh, this singular conflict today but um, personally have have fears of of how this evolves over time especially as more and more individuals uh want to have that freedom and continue to use peer-to-peer networks like the blockchain um to kind of transact because that is one of the biggest ways regardless of where you live uh and the biggest threat to sovereign nations is uh that they're not really needed anymore and so uh it it does become it becomes one of these things where we have to think about um our place and how we how we continue to grow in this space uh, and push forward the ideals of humanity, um, because this is where it comes into play of like how we create, we've talked about this before on the show, but we really are laying the foundation of the values of the space that will be around for thousands of years to come, because the internet is never going to, to go away. And, and so I think that's an, a really important thing to think about and how important it is, especially for uh, someone that has uh, maybe family in Ukraine, like transferring them money would be very difficult um, without having access to something like the blockchain right now, where you could easily send money uh, in ETH or Bitcoin or any other way very, very quickly. But that's uh, but w- with the financial systems being locked out out for the most part at this point, it's um, it, it becomes really worrisome to think about how that spreads. Um, Buffet, Niles, Ernito, uh, I see you guys up here. Also, Nicole, you brought um, also up. Is it? Sh- can you pronounce your name? I don't want to mispronounce your name. Shawnee. Shawnee. Okay, Shawnee. Welcome to the stage. Um, I saw you requested to come up too. Uh, if you wanted to share your thoughts too. Um, yeah. Well, I actually just did an episode on. Um, I recorded a podcast this morning on the Ukraine Russia situation, and it's just very complicated. You know, there's so many like, and by complicated, I mean in the sense of, uh, you know, so many people are like, why aren't we stepping in? Why aren't we helping? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? 
But there's so much more at play here. And it's, I mean, it's very crazy. And one of the craziest things that I, I feel like we aren't really speaking about as much is just this return to sort of barbarity, if you will. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm coining it now. Uh, but like this, the way that we used to interact as countries back in the day is how we're seeing this play out now. They're used to, I mean, countries used to conquer each other all the time. They used to go and invade each other. They used to take over territory. Borders were constantly changing. And then post-Cold War and post-post-Cold War, which is kind of what we're in now, you know, we've been used to countries abiding by international law. And this doesn't necessarily apply in um, the regions like the Middle East or uh, parts of Asia, but this has been the norm in a lot of Western countries. And so for us to be going back to a time when countries didn't really acknowledge international law and didn't really care about that, it's a pretty crazy, it's crazy. It is insane. It really is. And what it means for, you know, geopolitics going forward and diplomacy going forward and how we interact with each other going forward and our relationship with China and China's relationship with Russia uh, I mean, it's it's insane, and we are embarking on a completely new um, time period, a new era, and I just hope that, you know, we can get through this on the other side with just surviving it, really, and I really hope that it doesn't affect us or impact us in a, a large-scale way that I kind of think it will, so... Those are my thoughts. I'm definitely terrified. And, and yeah, I just hope the best for everybody in Ukraine right now. I couldn't agree more with you, Shani. I think that it is it is terrifying. Um, and I agree about the violence of like, we're like regressing here in the, in some aspects. Uh, but it, it also could show, I mean, that regression maybe is more, um, is, is hopefully uh, it on a smaller scale of just like, um, basically this has built up over time because of aggression or, or feelings towards other countries. Obviously this is not something that happened overnight. Uh, but like you said that the basic, the basic notion that violence is the answer is what's coming back. Um, and that is scary, but I do, I, I was talking to someone about this this week about how I was so grateful that like the web three space and crypto and NFTs have kind of made the moves they have, um, prior to all of this starting, because I think I think it's going to play a role now in in the history of how this all plays out as well. And I think um, the human human spirit of being able to come together, um, being able to show that that, that we uh, as people um, don't agree with this, whether you're in Russia or Ukraine or anywhere in the world, uh, innocent people do not agree with what's happening uh, when it comes to just being violent for the sake of power. Uh, and and I think that is the commonality that will be different today because propaganda does not necessarily work as well as it did a uh, hundred years ago because we, all, we are smarter. Um, and part of that is because we don't live in bubbles and, and like we did um, uh, 50 to 100 years ago either. Niles, I see your hand up. Yeah, hey, thanks, thanks, Carl. And boy, this this conversation is uh, <laughs> it's 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 a heavy one, and it, it it weighs on on my heart so much because um, I I just see like the early the early images that are that are coming out of 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 Ukraine and, and that region, and and it just it's it just breaks my heart because I've 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 lived I've lived through war. Um, I, I served in Iraq. Uh, I'm not going to say the year uh, because that's going to severely date me. So we'll just go ahead and leave that part, uh, leave that part out of it. But, uh, but I did, I, I served, I, I served in the Iraq war. Um, I drove from Kuwait into Baghdad 
um, in the early years of, of that war and, and saw the, the remnants of, of the, first, the, the first Gulf War, Desert Storm. And, and, and that, was my, that was my entry to uh, what ended up being a, a year in, in Baghdad and, and seeing the, just the, the absolute devastation that, that people went through, uh, that homes destroyed, families destroyed, lives lost um, from multiple countries. And, and just the, the idea that, that, that that could be the direction this is going is just, just, it just weighs so, so heavy on my heart. So, so I'm going to draw some parallels instead of, uh, instead of talking, belaboring on the, uh, belaboring on the war aspect of it. Um, I mean, what it comes down to and, and what I saw in Baghdad um, when I was there, and I mean, it, it really became no secret as, um, as information started to travel, you know, um, in those in those years, much faster um, as as the internet kind of reached maturity, uh, but but it was it was a matter of central authority, and and the blockchain and technology built on the blockchain. What that does is that that removes the need for central authority. There's no single point of failure. There's no single point of violence. There's no there's no single point of influence. Everything is everything is peer to peer. Not only is time, you know, the time involved in those processes eliminated, but the the like like you mentioned when you started the conversation, Carl, is is the um, you know, is the is the gates, you know, the, the gatekeeping to that is is also eliminated. Yes, sure, there's a learning curve to it now, and that's you know, that's one of the reasons why we're here, um, is to help with that learning curve. But, but with no central authority, it it becomes a more inclusive financial system. I mean, it, because in traditional systems, especially outside of the U.S., you know, some of those traditional systems take advantage of the ability to access financial services. Um, they, they lock out certain populations from their access to financial services. Um, but, but, but DeFi is, is, is decentralized. It's immutable. It reduces huge problems like asset theft and data modification and, and, and just all these, all these barriers to to, to entry and, and, and I, I'd like to kind of just pause for a moment for everybody in the everybody in the audience just to just kind of stop and think for a second. Um, we'll uh, we'll call this Nicole likes to call this a uh, what is it a, a a moment of medi- uh, meditation. Um, but what I want you to think about is when was the last time that you saw a, like a real true innovation, something really innovative come out of traditional finance? But I'm going to put a twist on that. When was the last time you saw a true innovation? come out of traditional finance that was not for the purpose of making you more reliant on that financial system. Now think about what, what blockchain can do, what DeFi can do for, um, for, for disrupting that, for actually like creating real innovation. I mean, technology is already a powerful force for social good. And, and NFTs and the blockchain and, and I mean, these are just our latest, the latest tech tool at our fingertips. And it's super powerful, whether it comes to fundraising, crowdfunding, um, you know, thinking of unique ways of like using a, a more flexible format to unlock financial capital from, from social capital. I mean, it's the, the things that we can do in, in terms of philanthropic efforts is, is just beyond my imagination. And, and this is just, one exercise of many in a time in history where we can really think about and action upon 
um, the things that we can really do to, to make to make global impact. And, and I mean, Nicole, and you mentioned, you know, Andrew Wang and, and several of his friends putting that together right now. And it's just it's going to be incredible to see how that unfolds and looking forward to, to anything that I could do to be a part of it. I love that. Thanks, Niles, for for like uh, coming up and sharing too, especially seeing some of these images um, with you having served and and seeing images in real life. Um, I'm sure that brings back a lot. So I appreciate you still coming up and sharing um, and and being vulnerable. I think one one. Yeah. Thanks, Niles. Yeah, I think it is important, like you said, Niles. It's the blockchain is. is really the focus of this show. And so when Nicole and I were talking about, well, should we do the show today or not? It's like, yeah, we really should, because this is, I mean, if we're educating people, this is like this, the, the, the notion of the blockchain is actually what gives me hope, uh, today. Um, if, if anything, it gives me hope that we're able to start moving towards a different, uh, because I think as, as you see power systems play out of sovereign uh, countries, whether that is controlling money, whether that is controlling people, whether that's controlling information, the one thing that we always lose is the ability to uh, be able to learn more, to grow more, to have more freedom. And if we're really fighting for freedom, uh, the blockchain is the answer, right? We're able to have a peer-to-peer network where we're not we're not bound by anything because we can choose our own destiny. And you know, you you always are going to have bad actors. But the thing that's amazing, and I've talked about this, is I really believe we'll have DAOs one day that are more powerful than sovereign nations because DAOs have the ability to have people decide, I want to put my money into this because I believe in it. And I think once you get to that, good will will always be evil. And I think that we will see a better world because we'll be the ones that are running it instead of uh, instead of countries that I was talking to Carla, my wife, about this yesterday. Just like everyone's thinking it. Why why is this happening? Because we almost always know that there's a bigger reason that a lot of this geopolitical bullshit plays out that is bigger than the lives, but that just goes to show the problems as well with the systems that are playing out. Because there's no reason that it lost because of, because of a power struggle or because of some country saying what, that's not freedom. Freedom isn't killing people. Buffet, I think I want to hear from you, one, because I haven't got to talk to you in a while, but also because I, I really believe that you have do an amazing job of talking and educating people about the power you see in the blockchain and how it's different from the world we've lived in when it comes to uh, financial freedom or information freedom or just, just in general being able to custodian and be 100% control of what you own. So I'd be curious what, you, what you're thinking about the conversation today. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw that, you know, Ukrainians were only able to take out $3,000 from their savings and stuff like that. So imagine, you know, you all of a sudden you have all this money in the in the bank system or whatever, and now you can't access it. And I think when we talk about, you know, money and power and, you know, finances and you know, how this stuff will all work going forward, it's, you know, I think we really need the blockchain to be kind of accountable and see, you know, where, where, who's in charge of these funds. So it's not governments in control 
of things. You don't want to have people not in control of their own assets and things like that. So I think the blockchain takes, you know, kind of digital ownership and, um, you know, just being able to see everything in there. You know, if you look at, you know, corruption, you look at the way that the world works and government works, it's like there's a lot of stuff that goes behind closed doors or we can't see. Well, in terms of money and transactions, you know, everything we should be able to see um, if it is on the blockchain. And so for, you know, large amounts of monies, uh, people, the powers that be using that stuff, we should be able to see that and track it. And that should be for our benefit. I think that the transparency is good. And then for our you know, as the is the personal consumer, it should give you more control in terms of what you're able to actually own, as opposed to just you know saying, oh, I, you know, I'm just to come to whatever the bank or whatever you know tells me that's how it is. It's, it just kind of gives you know the consumer more power. I think. I love that. You know, one thing that I really love that Buffet touched on, and Nicole, I'll go back to you here in a second, but I wanted. To touch on this, I think that you're spot on about, you know, yes, there are bad actors everywhere. But right now, the bad actors, a lot of times, even can be some of the most powerful people within our um, within our social systems uh, that are bad actors. But yet, they have access to privacy and have access to how how the information is spread and what we get to know. And a lot of times, there's even talks, I mean, we know this already, but even like inflation numbers, there's uh, official numbers and non-official numbers. And the non-official numbers are almost always way higher, because that's the real numbers versus what we're getting told. <laughs> uh, but it goes back to show, and you said something is like, you when you can actually go and uh, let's say you're... Uh, you can see where transactions are happening and you're able to have that transparency, then people will be able to decide for themselves. There's no, there's no, there's a reason that the blockchain is trustless. You don't need to trust it because it doesn't have uh, an ulterior motive like humans do. Uh, and so I think that's a really powerful thing that you brought up and being able to hold people accountable regardless of who they are is really important. Nicole, what do you think? Nicole, are, oh, okay, you okay, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, okay. I thought I was rugged. Um, what do I think uh, in, in regards to which part of this specifically? It, it, just the conversation that we've been having uh, so far, but also especially when it comes to the blockchain now um, and thinking about the power that it gives back to the people, even though we've always been told uh, democracy especially is about freedom. But then you look and we even in de democratic systems, right, there's always there's still barriers and there's still gatekeeping that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the conversation reminded me of this quote from Mark Andreessen. Um, he was talking about Bitcoin specifically, but, you know, I feel like it it applies across the board in, in the crypto ecosystem. But he said Bitcoin gives us for the first time a way for one Internet user to transfer a unique piece of digital property to another Internet user such that the transfer is guaranteed to be safe and secure. Everyone knows that the transfer has taken place and nobody can challenge the, the legitimacy of the transfer. The consequences of this breakthrough are hard to overstate. Um, so, you know, it's it's just true. Like we, we've never seen this is this is a disruptive technology. NFTs are a disruptive technology. Um, and, you know, this is going to evolve over time. And we're still 
I think we're still in the building phase and we see a lot of different blockchains are, are being created and, and, you know, so many different use cases, but I mean, it's, it's disruptive and that's undeniable and, and things are going to evolve from here. Yeah. You know, I love, I, I one, I love that quote um, because it's so true. And I think, like you said, we're, we're, we are in the bit, we are not only in the building stage, but we are in the exponential growth stage. Like this is where like the building starts, uh, but then it's just like mass adoption. And you've seen that um, people are like, wow, this is, how does it keep growing? Well, there's, there's a hell of a lot of people in this world. <laughs> uh, and, you know, when you talk about a decentralized peer-to-peer network, it's everyone slowly coming in and saying, you know what, we're done with uh, the BS of this other stuff, and we are going to move to this. And whether it's being able, it, it, there's, it's so cool because you can get hooked on it because you're an artist and you're just, you're not making any money doing freelancing. You're not making a good living. And then all of a sudden you sell two NFTs and you've made more money than you made all of last year and, and and that's how it hooks you but then you start learning about what this uh what the blockchain really is you start coming into spaces like this and that's what i love about the blockchain you know regardless of how you get involved and a lot of people may have gotten involved um prior to this last year because of nfts and because they it allowed them to unlock creativity and freedom but that's exactly it the blockchain regardless of where you're at maybe it allows you to unlock things that you've never been able to have before and the the one thing that definitely always comes back to is is the freedom to control your assets and that's something that even i was researching i could not believe this but i didn't realize in russia the soviet union uh controlled almost all land that private uh, ownership of land really didn't happen until very recently. Uh, that blew my mind. I could not believe that. Uh, but that just goes to show, like the control of assets by people uh, is is really something that can control them. And so, if we are able to really control our own assets truly, then uh, it allows uh, so much more to be opened up. Um, Ernito, I see you you up here on stage as well. I know that your experience with the blockchain has been a fascinating one. I'm curious, just your thoughts about from what you've learned in your journey uh, of like being getting involved through NFTs, but now looking back, how much you've learned about uh, what the blockchain opens up to people. Aaronito, are you there? I think Aaron is with his wife. Oh, I think he did all right. We'll go. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad he's still up here. We'll go to someone else. So let's go to uh, AB. I saw you join the conversation. Thanks for coming up here. Hey guys, I um sorry, I just woke up some of my voice, but I I saw this headline and it said NFT FOMO beginners wanted, and I wanted to join because I'm in a similar sort of part of my journey. I I'm Ash. I'm from Australia. I only really joined like three weeks ago in the process of learning and I've I guess I've really just been immersing myself in resources joining these calls really trying to meet people who are like me or who I can learn from um and like the FOMO is so real yesterday I got put on my first like um um pre-sale list and I was so excited like I think I got a bit carried away and I just um nearly went to mint that 
NFT without really doing any of my research, which is like a massive red flag, obviously. But then I kind of took a step back. And I, um, and one of the benefits of having a community like this is that you can literally tap people on the shoulder that you really admire and be like, hey, I'm kind of looking into this. I'd love your thoughts. But if you did that with a lot of people, you could actually collectively gather some I guess, information, but also research and inspiration. And um, that's the power of a community like this. And I eventually ended up not buying that. But now I feel like I've moved a bit further in that step of the journey of um, minimizing that barrier to actually, you know, investing in a project next. But yeah, I I just wanted to come up and say hi, because I I saw the um, tweet, like the, the headline and yeah if you're like me and you're similarly like trying to learn and meet people in this space please do reach out and say hi um i'd love to connect um yeah apac based which is also a bit hard with the time frame like the timelines and stuff with these calls but yeah would love to connect and yeah i feel like i'm a bit more now educated or into not educated obviously but a bit more into my journey than a, per- a person that might have started a week ago so i can definitely share my learnings and i'm excited about that but um yeah thank you guys so much for having me and i'm not sure if i changed the topic completely but i do think this technology can change the world and i feel like sometimes we do need to dig a bit deeper in terms of the kinds of problems that we want to solve in this space just because I really think it has the um, potential to move the dial, like truly move the dial in terms of how we're living our lives. And, yeah, I'm excited to help build that future. I love that. Thank you so much for coming up and um, introducing yourself too. I always, I think it's so, one, I always tell people don't be afraid to hit that request button. And so I'm so glad you did um, just to share a little bit about your journey but it's also just amazing to um, hear that in such a short time, how you're thinking about the technology and thinking about uh, what the blockchain can do, um, because it is, it's so true. It's like you you get in, you kind of get interested in something, and then you start learning more and more about it. And this really is a, da- a rabbit hole that, that goes very far. Uh, and so it's, it's always cool if you ever need anyone to, Nicole and I or anyone on stage, um, never hesitate reaching out. It's so good to have you. Uh, go daydream.eth. How are you doing, man? I saw you request to come up. Good. I was just, I'm pretty passionate about the, the education um, in this space. And so just hearing you talk about, you know, like our peer-to-peer lending networks and then also the power of community. Um, it's interesting, you know, as I mean, I've been in the space for a year now and, you know, seeing people come in kind of, I feel like NFTs have bridged the, the crypto kind of, gap of like what is um crypto and like which is is really cool because on one hand it's cool because people come in it seems like for the possibility of making a lot of money but then when i think the people that stay realize you know one the community is very welcoming and two the 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 possibilities of utilizing blockchain technology to to change the world to make it you know like kind of weed out corruption like i'm i'm constantly amazed by you know this space to call out scammers and rug pulls and unfortunately like you know fomo is a real thing and people fall into those traps um but at the same time like the transparency like keeps people 
honest. I don't know. And like how you're saying about like the exponential growth phase of this and the adoption, like it's kind of scary because it, it puts a lot of pressure on us who have been here and understand and are constantly learning and growing to help educate the masses coming in because these institutions and governments will take advantage of this and use it to their like power and greed. Um, and it, I guess it's interesting, like with the Canada thing of like a freezing crypto assets and like my wife, she didn't really follow much, but she kind of like following that. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like I thought you said it's decentralized. And I'm like, well, there's a difference of like having a custodial wallet and a non-custodial wallet, you know, like, and so that brought up that conversation of like the importance of knowing how this tech functions and, you know, because it, it can be like, you can, it might feel safe to like keep it in a custodial wallet like Gemini or Coinbase, but they can, like it shows that the government can take, take those assets or freeze those assets so yeah it, it's it's a huge learning curve too so um i don't know i just am really passionate about the education part probably because i'm a high school teacher but um yeah so i just i love the the conversation going amazing i love i've i was a teacher for 12 years so thank you for what you do it's um, uh, incredible especially to continue to figure out how we uh, educate our youth. That was one reason I stepped down is try to because I was so disappointed with financial literacy. But I think one thing that I've uh, realized is like uh, power always preys on ignorance, right? Like there's like it's a lot of people for a long time wanted you to the people to believe uh, that things are too hard to understand. That they need someone else to teach them. But in reality. Uh, we are really fucking smart people, and we can uh, we can learn how to use our intelligence uh, to to be able to do things better, um, because that's what's important as as we kind of grow in society and become a better species. Is we're going to have to be able to kind of take control back, and the only way we can do that is by learning ourselves. And so. Uh, like you said, it, it is. It feels like a very steep learning curve when you start to get in, in involved. You hear about like all these wallets. What's a MetaMask? Uh, what like I'll just buy it on Coinbase. Then someone's like, "Oh no, that's centralized. That's like a custodial wallet. You need to move it off of there." And you're like, "Wait, what? Why? Like I thought I owned crypto and NFTs, but now you're telling me like I don't actually own it." And set on stage, it shows you how early we are. Uh, the, the goal, there's like this struggle, right? Like there's a struggle happening violently right now, uh, within the world, but there's also a struggle with humanity that is uh, the struggle of information, uh, and, and, um, education and learning. And I will get, I guarantee you that, um, any sovereign nation doesn't really want their people, everyone to go onto the blockchain that, that undermines their power. However, uh, that also gives power to people 
to be, be better and choose their own destiny. And so I think that's a big thing that I think a lot about is like we, if we're really going to become a better species, like we have to, we have to be able to think about those types of things. Like Nicole said, like you, you can be curious, you can um, appreciate what you have, but then you can also think, how do I get, how do things get even better? And there's a reason why Bitcoin didn't die when it was so fragile and infant. Um, and that's because very early on, even in, in 2009 and 10, the first people that really saw the power of the blockchain were, uh, for the most part, libertarians that feared government. Uh, and so I think that was that was kind of the why the innovation even began. Uh, and so I think that's something not to ever forget, because those people that were fighting um, in the very early days of blockchain understand kind of the corruption that happens uh, when you have uh, central authority and central power over a, a large group of people. And we can, if we're going to continue to get better, we've got to learn about these things when it comes to the blockchain. And if you're in this space right now, you're already way farther ahead of a lot of people. And you're going to be able, like AB said, like you, even though she may be only newer to the space, she's going to be able to help educate so many more people. And that is what uh, makes me so bullish on the space and Web3 being born before, you know, um, powers were able to take get rid of it, uh, which they could have done very early if there was coordinated efforts. Um, and still today, it's still fragile enough, but uh, it's it's much less fragile. And, and I think that is something that is so empowering, is knowing that we have this technology that if we educate ourselves, then we really don't, like uh, Shani was saying, we don't have to be as fearful, because uh, we may be able to win the information, the battle of education, and being able to create a better world um, that a uh, hundred years ago would have never been possible. A hundred percent. And I, I think that this, like these kind of Twitter spaces, right, are, are a way to educate and for people to gather in community and hear different voices and perspectives and really have a conversation and discussion about everything, you know, because I think in, in our, our mainstream media society, it's like it's you're either one or the other. Like the, the narrative is it cho- makes you choose sides. And there's not a lot of places where you can have this discourse and actually consider, wait, why, why, why does Bitcoin drop? Or like in May, right, when Elon Musk flooded it, you know, like why did it pump, you know? And like so it's kind of why are we still attaching our like our beliefs to these these influencers or institutions like what they're saying about like our community or the blockchain or you know and so like these spaces are so organic and i think are just so beautiful and crucial to our growth you know like how you're saying um as a community educating hearing voices perspectives like that's it's so important and then that way people can make up their 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 mind without like this narrative that's pushed by the mainstream that who knows where that funding is coming from to push it you know like people make a lot of money off of fear so Hello. Yeah, I'm really glad you came up. Thanks so much. I wanted to, we have a couple, we have about 10, maybe 10 more minutes of the show. So I wanted to go to a couple other people that had requests to come up. And is it Awin? Awin? 
uh, correct, Ewen. <laughs> uh, Ewen. Hi, Ewen. Thank you for coming up. I saw you're a lawyer, but more importantly, I saw in your bio that you're an educator on a mission to make law accessible and understandable, which I think that just goes to show kind of what we're talking about. So I'd love to hear what you were thinking and your thoughts. Thank you so much for your kind attention. That, that's great and actually wonderful space to be in. I was totally enjoying the conversation and also what you just said at the end with regards to education and also the experience of being a teacher as well. Also coming from an educational background and from an academic family myself and then as a second or third career being a lawyer besides um, also being before mathematician, banker, real estate uh, expert, uh, professional athlete, artist, <laughs> photo model and then becoming the lawyer for contracts and dispute resolution worldwide i personally started my nft journey early last year and for me the most exciting part was this disruptive part as that nicole was so nicely mentioned and then what she just said about the um, getting rid of that disparity of power. And you just said something amazing that sovereign countries are not happy uh, to give away power. Yes, that is normal and that is how they feel they are sovereign. But the real sovereignty is actually when we just get rid of that disparity of power, that one side, that, that the power is one-sided. However, I believe personally that the most eligible uh, part of those who are... Um, willing to have the power and they know how to also practice it and get away with it are the people are people like us with individual opinions with individual skills and talents and also with individual opinions and words to speak and messages to convey because each nft or each blockchain uh, platform where we can be active on and make an impact is there we can convey our personal message that is something that i have been also telling to a lot of people in in nft world that do not mistake or do not mix up nft only with art this nft is about everybody being a part of this mission. Yes, it started with art and with artists, but now it has already opened up to real estate, to lawyers, to scientists, to doctors, to educators, to writers, to um, designers. I mean, this is like a world without any end, without any border. And if we know what to make in the world, in our industry, and also on a bigger scale to other industries, that is the right platform because it cannot get hold of you because of, I don't know, political problems, because of your heritage, your language, your gender, your religion, your um, views. You can be a part of it from wherever in the world you are. And that is exactly the pain in the butt, of course, for those sovereign countries that you just mentioned, that they can no longer control. And that's a good thing. And definitely there is a transition there is a disorder, there's a chaos that is also happening already. But that is where order can be uh, can be made out of disorder. Because every change, every process and every transition um, requires a process of uh, disorder and chaos and uh, sometimes even misjudgment and uh, um, injustice as well, which we see now as a lawyer myself, I have seen a lot of um, craps also happening in the world of NFTs, you know, because we do not look only on the exciting and the uh, bling bling sides. We also see a lot of the gray or the black sides as well, where people start like with uh, criminal behaviors, with fraudulent actions, with um, um, IP issues, with stealing one another works, with damage, with 
with loss, with theft, uh, with with reputational issues, and so on and so forth. So the list can go wrong, uh, long, but at the end of the day, this is mandatory. This is necessary for change. And that is why personally, as a lawyer by profession, but an artist by heart, I see it as necessity to go through a wonderful uh, change. This is a transition. And uh, we ought to just serve. We ought to just bring the education to people and um, make them aware about the risks without limiting them. I love Thank that. Thank you for, for having me here. And it's a great pleasure to be in such a wonderful um, circle of people with <laughs> different backgrounds. <laughs> Thank you so much, Awen, for coming up. I just, I think everything you had to say is really amazing. I, I'm, I'm uh, honored that you're up here on stage with us, but you're right. I mean, any, any sort of change does come, any sort of disruptive tech or any sort of disruption in society comes with uh, a lot, usually some sort of pushback. Uh, and, and I think we are going to see that play out in years to come. And I think that is, that's the thing that I really worry about the most um, is because before things get better, they often get a little worse. And I think that is going to play out truly in in the transition of how the world looks and interacts um, when it comes to power. Uh, because really, if if there if the peer to peer and and humanity wins, then the entire f- infrastructure really has to change. Um, and this this uh, world that we're living in, it, that's kind of the foundation we're building, and that is possible. But it takes a lot of work, and it takes it does take struggle, and and um, that it that we are going to get there, and I, I'm confident of that, and I think we will get to a better tomorrow, uh, even though today uh, is is not um, is it's not bright and it may not look amazing but the the people that fight for what is right always end up having to go through that struggle to get there and and I think we are at that point where we're able to be able to spot it more and like you said be able to know like wow this is why is this happening like we are in 2022 uh, and it opens up a lot of people's eyes uh, to, to what why some of these things happen. Um, Patrick, let's go to you, and then uh, we'll start to close out. Afternoon, Carl. Good evening, everybody, or good morning, wherever you're at. Uh, thank you, Carl, for uh, hosting this space, man. It has been uh, really awesome to hear everybody's uh, opinions and uh, thoughts, and you always coordinate the you know conversation so well, so I really appreciate that. Um, is it Awin? Is that Did I say that correctly? Yes, sir. Awen, uh, you are truly unique, and I, I love that you are trying to open up uh, law to to be more understood to people. I, I mean, as soon as you started talking, I was interested, like, right off the bat. And I think if you don't run a space or if you do, I would love to hear where I can find that. But if you don't, I would love for you to do that because, you know, people that you – you don't understand them. Uh, and this whole conversation has been about freeing ourselves from the burden of needing a centralized government is at least what I've, I've taken from it. Obviously we're a long way away from that, but I think the more we educate ourselves on the technologies, the laws behind those technologies, because every society needs laws. Uh, and I just, I, that's so interesting. And I never really thought about it from that conversation. I had a whole other other 
question I wanted to ask you guys, and I completely forgot because I got so interested in uh, you in your conversation and what you were talking about. So, uh, do you run a space, or or uh, or should you like? <laughs> First, thank you so much. Yeah, should I? <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Patrick. And this is this is really amazing to hear. And it's also empowering and motivating for people like us so that we are not being uh, seen as, uh, let's say, lawyers or lawmakers or legal professionals who are going to like limit uh, others or limit disruptions, but we are actually going to flourish it and support it. I mean, that's at, at least from my point of view. And yes, I have been one of the first lawyers or maybe the first probably in the world who have been running... Uh, uh, clubhouse rooms uh, since February 2021 for give weeks uh, every Thursday 7 p.m. Central European time and 1 p.m. Eastern time on Clubhouse and I was um, bringing up that innovation bringing not only lawyers but also collectors creators investors uh, newbies and uh, also just enthusiasts into the space to bring that legal education and the awareness around disruptive revolutionary um, NFT, uh, not only the, the opportunities and the wonderful sites, but also the black sites and bringing education to people who maybe did not know anything, especially those who are doing in collaboration, uh, without contracts, uh, without knowledge about copyright issues, getting into third party claims, problems, copyright issues. And there is a bunch of stuff to really discuss and to also educate people, although Although, maybe sadly or happily, there are still no such things as NFT laws, you know, so there is nothing actually to really refer to, or there is no, let's say, NFT dispute resolution chamber or court or something. If you take an NFT dispute to a court, the judge maybe needs to first educate himself about what NFT stands for, and why don't you just right-click on that image to have it as yours instead of buying it, and what do these codes mean? What does ownership means what a certificate of authentication means and honestly i was very very happy and i'm taking the pride in um being one of those first to bring those people together and all those rooms are actually recorded and i'm gonna uh, make them available on an instagram uh, sorry on a, on a telegram channel for everybody else to get access to uh, free information until we have some uh, real reliable laws that as i said instead of limiting the community helping them, empowering them, and flourishing the, the talents and, and the skills as well. And I actually dropped my own NFTs as well early summer. So it was not only from the legal perspective, but also from the creator perspective and also the collector and educator perspective. So thank you so, so much for, um, again, maybe reminding me of that to to bring those rooms back or to hold spaces and continue this. Greeting you now from LA, although I'm based actually in Zurich, but um, great to be in this space. And it's uh, very amazing to hear all also the enthusiasm from from all of you. Thank you so so much. Thank you so much, um, Patrick, for bringing that up too, because that is that brings up a really good point as we build the future too. Is like we're going to need a bunch of innovators, and we need because, like you said, Awen, uh, this is not something that there is no legacy. We are creating a new world, uh, and so that means that we need people from all over the world with all different talents, because eventually it's hard to imagine, and people are fearful because of security 
or concerns, but there's people tackling these issues every single day. They're thinking about it. People that understand coding are like, we need a watchdog. We need to create that. People that are lawyers are thinking, oh, how do we create laws so that we can protect people? Or insurance is already something that is starting to pop up in DeFi. These are things that will evolve. And we are so early on that it's hard to imagine a world 100 years from now where they look back and they think, wow, this is uh, what, like this is just taken for norm. It's always been here. Um, but that goes back to the disruption of, you know, if people just thought that slavery was okay because that's the way it's been, nothing would have changed. When there's disruptors, that's how you get to better. That's how you can get to a better tomorrow. So I think that's so important and that, that that's the roles that we take so that we can build that out. Um, AB, I saw your hand up. I definitely want to make sure that you have a chance to speak. Hey, sorry, just a quick one. Alwyn, thank you so much for coming up. I feel like I've learned so much from you and you're incredible and empowering. I just wanted to say I would love to reach out and learn a bit more about sort of the um, learning resources that you use to educate yourself and connect around that. And yeah, for anyone else on the call that's also new, like, please do that. Please reach out to your community and always, always talk on these spaces if you feel like you even have any little percentage of thing to contribute because you don't know where the conversation could go and never feel um, scared to do that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go on mute now. Thank you so much, guys. I love that. Thank you for bringing that, that back up. And we will continue. We'll always be doing this show, but then also we are going to constantly be looking out for threads. I know Nicole's done some threads about just uh, basically educational threads about the space. Um, and she does a really good job of that, way better than I do. Nicole, this has turned out to be an amazing conversation. I'm so glad we did it because it just brings up it, it, it. We are so focused in and honed in in the moment so many times that it's like when you look at some of the big problems in the world, it's good to like take a step back and look big picture of like, where are we heading with all this, this stuff that we have, this innovation. And, and I'm like, it gets me more excited and hyped up to keep building towards that better tomorrow. But I wanted to get, let you kind of, um, before we close out, uh, talk about what you've thought about the conversation too. Uh, thank you so much, Carl. I wouldn't say that my threads are better than yours. I think I learned so much from you and from your spaces. Um, I'm actually, now that you said that, I realize I'm going to start doing more threads. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do like a, master list of terms that you know new new people can use and you know so they can understand the conversations that we're having something else i wanted to point out i love that we always have girls on our stage like so many of them um i, I really love that a lot i think girls should not be intimidated by blockchain crypto any of this stuff i was intimidated at first that's the reason i say that not that you are just because you're a woman, but I was. So there's that. Uh, lastly, um, I don't know, keep learning. I, I want to end with keep learning because I, I, I feel like I'm doing that. I learned a lot in this room. Um, and I, I meet some really cool people on this stage every single time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more Back with you. you 
<laughs> back to you, Carl. Thanks, Nicole. Well, back over here, we're doing good. Thank you. Um, I am so excited that we had this show today. I was uh, a little nervous. I didn't know how it go, especially with sensitive topics. But that just goes to show when we're when we open up a space that is centered around empathy, learning, understanding. It 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 always ends up uh, good. And so we will try never to cancel the show because I think we just constantly are learning, like you said. Um, so thank you, everyone that's that was here. The NFT space is a constant news cycle, but we will do our best every Friday to filter out the noise and bring you the best conversations as you navigate through NFT waters. A reminder that our journeys are all personal and our conversations are not financial advice, but for educational purposes only. I also want to shout out the Crazy Carl Collective. Crazy Carl's not my real name. I'm just one voice in the collective. We're an entity in the Web3 space working to build and grow together. Nicole is a Crazy Carl, as well as many people on stage and in the audience. If you're not in the collective, I encourage you to watch us, then join us. Thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Until then, stay safe, and have an amazing weekend.